G'day everyone, in Sydney, Australia, it is 11pm on Sunday the 17th of October. Uh, my name's Garth and I'm doing another one of these uh, iPodder development team podcasts which lets you, the power user or iPodder developer, know what the hell is going on in the middle of the source code. Uh, in particular, if you're tracking CVS, things will be breaking, things will suddenly start working again in a different way and these are the podcasts to be listening to if you want to know what the hell is going on. Um, Today I'm going to be speaking about the state database um, because it's scared a couple of people as uh, well mentioning the uh, those horror words database you know, can uh, can do and so I thought well I'd cover off a few things and, and reassure people. To summarise the issue that people have with it they, you know, they kind of start off and going wow it's, it's binary you know ew Look, let's not worry about how it looks in a text editor. Only iPodder should be ever looking at this thing. I mean, for any of the information that we do keep that other tools might want to look at, we should, and and we already do, export text or XML or OPML or whatever makes sense. The other kind of objection, database, (laughs) sounds hard. And a database would be hard. But I'm not that much into hard work, and what we're using, strictly speaking, isn't a database. Now, a quick rant, which will very quickly become relevant. I mean, speed of development is really, really important. If you spend two hours putting all of your configuration information into, into like pure XML or Oracle, um, then you're two hours behind on other features. That you, you know, you could have spent that time doing doing something that users actually care about. Now, if you need that output, that's actually you know, cool. Your users probably want you to do that. And there are things like OPML, you know, so putting our feeds information into OPML definitely counts like that because that kind of stuff we do want to be a, a good citizen and let people open up our feed files in, in whatever it is that they want to open it in. Um, XML RPC stuff like pings, you know, needs to be uh, standardized. No point inventing our own uh, interface for that. Um, podcast files, if we do it, that should be XML so people can very quickly add support for it and so on and so forth. But if, if you don't need it, yeah, then you're two hours behind your eager competitors, which is a bit of an oops. Um, so I don't see the point in, in putting our like our e-tags or our last mod dates or stuff like that into uh, into XML or anything like that. And there's an extreme programming principle which goes something along those lines. I can't remember the formal name for it, but it basically says if you don't need to do it right now, don't do it. You know, even if you think, oh, well, I might need to do this in the future, unless you need to do it now, don't do it. You, know, you want to stay focused on the stuff you need for the release you're, you're aiming at. Um, speaking of release, we're still trying to figure out the feature state for the uh, feature set for the new release. And um, yeah, your input, vital. You know, get it in there. Anyway, I'll get back to it. So getting back to how do we store state, um, let's call what we're doing by its proper name. It's a shelf. Uh, we're using Python's inbuilt shelf module, and this is the most basic form of persistence uh, available to Python programmers, short of pickle, which it uses. And shelf's whole idea is that it acts just like a dict. This is very Pythonic. I mean, uh, uh, I put a lot of effort whenever I make a collection of ob- objects, and I need to maintain that collection myself. I, I still add all of those special methods like get item and keys and uh, and so on that make it look and act like a collection, so that someone else who's interacting with my uh, my collection of objects can can do normal things like you know for item in collection 
do stuff. You know, uh, and that's just being a, a good Python programmer and being friendly to the other people who are trying to work with your code. So shelf pretends to be a dict, and you you put an item in the dict, and it just pickles the values. And whenever it feels like it, or whenever you actually call sync, that stuff gets to disk. And it's really insanely easy. I mean, this is so easy to do, um, which means in turn that the speed of development is really, really good, which means instead of trying to figure out how to, uh, the, you know, the best schema by which to organize all my metadata, I can concentrate on actually adding features or reorganizing the code or whatever it is that I want to do. Another cool thing about Shelf is that it runs anywhere Python does. It's one of the included batteries. So rather than having to get people to compile and install some, some extra module for Python, it's there. If they're running 2.3, which we seem to be uh, assuming in a lot of the rest of our code, then they're fine. Now there are some caveats with Shelf. Firstly, keys are strings. They can only be strings. They can't be ints. They can't be arbitrary other objects. And so I'm using uh, McFeed key. You might have noticed in feeds.py. Takes a feed and uh, makes a, a key that we then index into the state database with. Shelf can only pickle the pickleable. And that's not just like you know, your object. Your object can only be pickleable if everything that it points to is pickleable, and everything that it points to in turn is pickleable, and so on and so forth. So one of my early screw-ups was I gave each feed entry a pointer back to the feeds collection, in turn had a pointer to the state database, and the state database itself is not pickable. Oops. Okay, so uh, at the moment I'm doing something very ugly. I just delete that attribute just before I uh, I pickle and, and uh, shelve, and then I put the attribute back. Further on, I'll actually use get state and set state and all those other pickleable wondervolnesses. But uh, yeah, quite frankly, I, I don't need to do it right now, so I'm not going to do it right now. We'll, we'll wait until we're forced by uh, other stuff getting uh, too horrible. And uh, it's easy to, I mean, like I was just saying, it's easy to accidentally pickle more than you intended by, you know, having a back reference to some big collection somewhere else in memory. I mean, I have accidentally once dumped the entirety of everything that Python was trying to keep track of into a pickle. Um, oops, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, rule one, don't do that. And, and again, you know, set state and get state are easy way to hack around that. Um, and uh, the final caveat I should point out with Shelve is that it doesn't give terribly much secu job security to XML gurus. Sorry guys. Now the bonuses are, um, you can update small items without having to rewrite the entire file. So if you just make one quick assignment, then it's just one quick assignment on disk. Um, if you've got, you know, uh, I don't know, half a meg of uh, XML, uh, and that's all of your uh, your state uh, that you need for your application, and then you change a tiny bit, you have to write out that half a meg file again every time, and and that's a, a, yeah, that's a bit lumpy. Um, whereas with this, it's, it is just like a database in this respect. It doesn't have the complexity of a database, but it does let you update small items without uh, terribly much I.O. penalty. Um, most Python programmers uh, understand it because it's yeah, one of the default batteries included. Um, and uh, I keep returning to this. It's quick. It's really, really quick. And it's the quick that's important. It's not. It's not the performance, the you know, speed of, of it. How many things a second can you do? That's important. It's the speed of development that's important. You know, if you want like raw speed of execution, program in C or Java or some other language that makes you work really, really hard to get anything done. If you want to just get a result really quickly, that's why you, you develop in Python, right? So, Shelf and Python, they're, they're a good match to each other. And uh, and finally, it's easy to replace.
And so all you XML gurus out there, if you want to have everything, like absolutely everything that uh, that uh, iPod knows about in that state database be exported as XML, or that be the only place it maintains it, um, then absolutely you can do that. Um, you just, uh, uh, you know, because it pretends to be a dict, then if whatever you do pretends to be a dict, then you can just replace the state database in, in one fell swoop, you know, change the open call, and you're done. So it's um, it's not going to be that hard going back to uh, to what we're doing and change it if we need to. I'm, I'm not leading us down some uh, garden path where we're going to get completely cornered later on and, and bogged down in tar and you know, all those other, uh, other metaphors that uh, programmers use for being uh, um, coded in, uh, in a way that yeah, makes it very difficult to refactor later. Enough windy whiny stuff. Um, where is the code? Well, opening and creating the shelf is done by iPodob.py itself. Um, it's also done by feeds.py because uh, it's demo code now. It dumps out all the uh, the feeds information at least. Um, and I, I really need to refactor. I'm sorry, everyone. I really need to refactor all of the configuration, um, logging, and state database uh, code. Uh, so it's just in one spot, and then the main functions can call it. Sorry, I'll get there. Um, and all the rest of the code at the moment is in the uh, the maintaining of the feed entries. It's just in feeds.py accesses it. So wherever you see anything that says uh, state equals self.state, and then doing something, and then a, a state.sync, or actually I think I do an if has at a um, state sync so that uh, you can just replace it with a dict if you want to uh, for your debugging code or whatever and uh, and you'll get away with it. Um, so just look there and you, you'll get the idea of, uh, of what I'm doing. Um, all I'm coming doing is com really coming up with a, uh, a key which makes sense, which helps me uh, fetch it back. Um, the key also has to be a nice signature so that if I want to find everything, instead of having to keep an item that is a list of everything, you know, which just gets bigger and bigger, uh, um, I, I just iterate through all of the keys for the looking for the signature. That's nice and easy. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much where all of the code is hiding. So uh, I hope that makes it you know, vaguely clear. I, I know I'm having a, a late-night, uncaffeinated ramble, probably not making any sense whatsoever, um, but at, at least I've uh, um, got it out there. So if you have ever been curious about what the hell is going on with the state database, that's it. Anyway, that's enough for this uh developer podcast. We're running at about uh, 12 minutes, which is five minutes longer than last time. You have been very patient with me. I've been very safe and uh, self-indulgent. My apologies for that. And uh, we'll come back to you next time, hopefully with something shorter, hopefully with somebody else's voice to tell you something else about what's going on inside iPodder. This is Garth signing out. Night, everyone.